the fundamental core essentials of the faith is a is a pretty small list and it centers around the trinity Welcome into the Conifer Community Church Podcast. I am your host for today, the hostess with the most is Wesley, Pastor Wesley Samuel Humes. Today, my guest, the one, the only, the great and powerful Lance Swearingen. Lance, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Wes. <laughs> and it's so good to see you <laughs> yep. uh, here in the flesh, but... We we got some things to talk about today. We do. We, we got we got a big uh, a big section of time coming up here pretty soon that that I will be uh, away. You will be. Um, for those of you who are not aware at this point, uh, cat's out of the bag. Lance is going to be taking a sabbatical, and that's what our conversation for today is about. Is what is he going to be doing? Why is it, why does he need a sabbatical? What Who's gonna preach? Is it all me, or are the kid? Is the mom gone, and so the house is gonna be set on fire by the time he gets back? Mom <laughs> and dad are out of the house, so now we have to uh, change everything. No, absolutely not. And we're just gonna go through some of those good conversations about what it means for you as a listener, you as somebody who maybe comes to our church, or maybe you who is curious about what it is like for uh, to be in the day in the life of a pastor. We're going to talk about that today. So, Lance, we'll start off with something easy. Um, with what is a sabbatical? Like, how did this come around? Where Where did you start within this understanding? Yeah, sure. Um, so, sabbatical is basically a time that is um, designed a, a specifically designated time period to where a pastor or someone would step away from their regular duties in order to. Um, accomplish something that normally wouldn't be able to get to, I guess. Um, one of those ways of using a sabbatical is just simply rest. And so just recognizing the pressures of, of being kind of on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the pressures that come along with that over the course of time are weighing on people mm. and weighing on pastors. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, the rest is a component of that. Um, for mine, it will be, um, there is an aspect of rest and it comes at a good time, you know, right at the end of the COVID stuff. And, um, you know, it been kind of a pressure filled year of, of rapid change cycles and stuff. But, uh, you know, so, so a little bit of downtime there is going to be good, but then also mine is going to be focused around, uh, my thesis and trying to accomplish the doctorate work that I started about four years ago. Yeah. So, um, kind of worked out nice that the, um, our employee manual, our handbook, um, says that pastoral staff after being on staff for 10 years qualifies for three month sabbatical. And so having that qualification, um, obviously didn't want to take it last year while we were trying to do all the adjustments and changes, um, and so this summer just seemed like a good, um, a good time to do that. And also I'm right in the thick of the, um, thesis process and wanting to get that finished as much as I can in the course of these three months. And so that'll be kind of the two things, um, uh, rest, um, relaxation, spending time with my family, and then also, um, working as hard as I can to get as much on done on thesis as I can. Yeah. Because that was one of the interesting things. <clears throat> excuse me, me and you have talked about is that being a pastor is not always 
a hard skill. Like we do a lot of soft skills. Like you said, we're on call really 24 seven. Most people have access to us at all times of the day, no matter what's going on personally, we, we have to be ready to rock and roll at any time. How has that weighed on you? Cause you know, you've been in ministry for 25 years, if I'm counting correctly. Yep. Yes. 25 years. Pretty close. Yep. Almost 25 years. Um, in the ministry, whether it was through your student ministry or anything like that. So what was it like, what is it like for you to stop and pause and reflect and actually take this intentional time? Like, uh, well, the, you know, that may be a, a good question for the return podcast <laughs> in a few months. I'm, I'm not sure what it's going to be like. It, you know, there's a little bit of anxiety around it right now. Um, and you know, there, there's a certain sense of guilt that I've, that I've felt as well. Um, just as far as, you know, processing, uh, why, why would I get a, why would I get a sabbatical? Why would I get a three week or three month, um, break from regular responsibilities and stuff? Um, I put a lot of, uh, I guess, self-imposed pressure on myself to, uh, perform. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of processing there. And also, um, the, you know, and, and that creates some anxiety inside of me as far as, um, want everything to, to go well for the church. I want us to continue moving forward. Feels like we're kind of in a rebuild stage right now from the, all the COVID stuff. And, and so, um, yeah, there's, it's kind of a mixture. There's, there's a, uh, man, I can't wait to take a little bit of a break from regular schedule, but then there's also the tension of I want things to to move forward, which you know the way that we have kind of organized and planned, it looks like that's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's a, a good invitation to us to even say what is what is church going to look like with you know you are the senior pastor here at Conifer. What does it look like with us being gone? Like who's going to preach? I think is the main question because for those of you who don't know that's not all that pastor lance does for his job is just public speaking but it's my one hour of work per week yeah exactly it was maybe some prep time in there (laughs) but we see that there is other things that go into this but yeah who who are going to be um the different people that step into that pastoral role um uh, good question that's one of the first things that i did as far as looking at i might also need to rephrase it's not pastoral role but who is going to be doing the the preaching yeah Yeah, the preaching yeah yeah Yeah. um so as far as preaching that was one of the first things that i um that i tried to put together and this was about a month or two ago um when it looked like this might actually happen and uh, i picked uh, a selection of folks both from our congregation and also Denver Seminary. So folks mm. that would be familiar voices and faces um, and also uh, well-qualified um, voices to um, the different things that they'll address. We have, um, yeah. Wes, you're going to be up, what, twice? You got two, yes. couple of weeks so in I, there? I and am, uh, twice in August. Twice in August. Twice and then August. we've got um, Dave Wampler, one of our elders. Bill Taves, one of our elders. Um, also, um, there's going to be three weeks from Dr. David Mathewson, who is um, one of the, if not, I, I, I'll say one of the leading scholarly voices on the book of Revelation yep. in today's um, world of biblical scholarship. And so you guys can all bring your Revelation questions to him because he's going to be talking about the book of Revelation for three weeks in July. Um, Marshall Shelley, who is um, actually the director of the Doctor of Ministry program, which I'm a part of, and he's been here on several occasions. 
um, just a wonderful um, voice in um, the Christian community and, and the American um, Christian church. He's um, a strong leader across the board. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's going to be speaking three weeks in September. And then we've got Dr. Don Payne and also Joey Dotson. And Joey was a friend of yours yeah, so, um, from seminary. So uh, Joey Dotson is actually new here. He is from Arkansas originally. He lives uh, or lived there, but then came out here to teach in the New Testament department. And he is a scholar mainly in Paul's writings. So he does a lot on Romans. I actually had him for Romans um, and he also just came out with a commentary on, uh, Paul, the apostle. I think it was looking at the first Peter. No, that's, uh, this Dr. Matthewson who's doing the commentary on Peter, but Joey, um, is an incredible guy. Um, uh, very charismatic, very, um, enlightened and actually looks very young for his age. He also has four kids. Yeah. Got them all out of the house, and then we um, fosters four more. So, wow. yeah, they are a special bunch. Yeah. Special bunch, and they've been on the podcast before. So, if you're ever curious, they were back one at of Christmas time, right? Christmas time. I think they're podcast eleven or twelve. Um, but yeah, they did a podcast whenever they were living over in Scotland yeah. and the different areas that they've gotten to be in. So, so there's a little bit of jealousy that I have as far as all of these um, folks that we brought together. I mean, I love hearing every single one of those guys and and you guys preach and so sure you, you know do. there's you love there's, hearing there's, me preach all the time <laughs> there is there is jealousy that uh, I won't be around necessarily for um, those um, for those times so yeah and I and I think it's also one of those of keeping in mind you know a lot of these guys are doing several weeks in a row and so Marshall is doing September. Uh, Dr. Payne's only here for one. Joey's got two in August because I think he's sandwiched in between uh, myself. And so you're going to get to hear these voices constantly. And so it's not like everyone's just popping in and out and kind of passing the baton as you were. But they're going to be doing a relay race through these three months of, hey, these are consistent voices. And a lot of them are also from our elder board and um, pastoral staff. Yep. Super and, rad. you know, another big piece of, of uh, stepping away was thinking about how um, discipleship happens and also how outreach happens. Because, you know, coming back around to um, everything being, um, all the restriction being loosened up, and we're all engaging together face-to-face again, and, and wanting to make sure that we have every opportunity to help each other grow in our faith— and then also reach our community. I think this is a huge opportunity for us to be able to reach out to um, the Conifer area um, after being um, on on lockdown and, and being more isolated than usual um, for the past year. So um, in doing that, we have um, small groups set up to begin this fall. Yep. And uh, Candy Miller, who is a newer member of the church, um, has been coming for over a year, but many have probably not had a chance to really interact with her um, or her husband Scott. And um, so, there, with there was a little thing called the coronavirus. There was, that, yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of put us in between, and and you know they were here during the outdoor services and stuff. But but um, they're a great resource here at the church and and newer members, but been around for a little while. And so Candy is going to help um, spearhead the small group 
organization, and we've got um, several groups that will be lined up, and so want to encourage everybody to engage in a small group there. And if you are curious about hearing more about those small groups, just go one podcast back. Uh, this will be really or a lot of that information and getting to hear Candy's story and all of that information will be actually the one that was released last week. And so you can go there, check it out and hear some of the vision from myself, Lance and Candy as they are stepping away yep. or as we're starting that up. So. And uh, then also community outreach stuff. We, we always try to make that a um, primary priority for us as a church is to make sure that we have um, that we're a beneficial part of the entire community as a whole. And in the past, we've done uh, a lot with elevation celebration and community events. Um, we decided to create some community events here with the with the parking lot parties here during the summer. And so we've got um, those coming up. Encourage people to get involved with with that and invite friends and and family members out to engage there. And then also it looks as if the split and stake event will be back on again. And so wanting to recruit leaders for different teams and uh, make sure that that is well-staffed and well-organized as we come into the month of September. I believe that's on September the 18th. It is, and that's correct. And I think that's one of the things that is interesting about our church is we have taken the approach to if the church did not exist would the community even notice if we weren't here? I think that's something that we on the staff and me and you talk a lot about as far as like, what is our community involvement and what is our, um, for better or worse, the take the carbon footprint, if you will, of yeah. our church in this community. And yeah, trying to provide that, provide something in, in that space because, you know, one of the things we talked about, like, our church is the largest gathering space in Conifer, or at least close. One door, of the biggest, yep. Which is wild to think about. Like, if you just think about that on its face value, that's super cool. But it's like, how are we using that? How are we inviting our church into, or our community into our church and our church into the community? And are we representing the churches of old or the parishes where, you know, the church in Conifer is known for how it loves and how it interacts and how it um, is in this place. Yep. So, but yeah, one of the big things we're going to be doing, like Lance just said, was bringing back split and stake. So if you're interested on that, please go visit the website or the parking lot parties. Our next one after that will be July, um, July 24th, I think 23rd, 23rd. Oh, I was close. July 23rd will be our next one. We'll be watching Space Jam since, you know, the lesser LeBron James's Space Jam 2 comes out <laughs> on the 16th of that yeah. month. Space Jam 1 with legendary Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan! <sighs> I always love how they said his name in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that, you know, we, we're kind of all systems go. In yep. a lot of ways. Everything is looking good. Staff is is full um, with uh, you guys and and um, you're you know everyone is doing a great job just pitching in together and and saying here's here's where we're headed and we're gonna make this a great summer. Amy's ready to go on treasure camp and and all the story quest stuff that will be released at the beginning of, of July. And um, 
yeah, the elders are are kind of primed and and ready to make sure everything goes smoothly this summer. So, yeah, I feel good about about being able to step away with with confidence and and know that things are going to move forward. Yeah, and we also want to invite you um, to be praying over those events, whether it is the parking lot party, story camp, uh, the youth group going to Fuge. You know, being a part of this church is also being a part of prayer, and we as a church believe in prayer and the power of it. So please be praying for us as we are doing different things, especially for the youth group, that the stomach bug doesn't get us or that, uh, you know, the van doesn't break down because that's always what goes out first. So, but yeah, I think that's one of the huge things that we can be like, know you as an individual, you listening right now, have that power of be involved, yes, but also do not forget to be praying for your church and for your leadership at this church because we we want it, we need it, and you know, without the Lord's guidance, we will um, we won't move. So, Lance, you were you know in your inner intro, you were talking a little bit about doing this thesis project. Yep. What what do you mean? Like, what was your? Why did you get back into academia? Because you know, you had a you had an MDev, which is very very accomplished, dare I say, role and degree. And what what made you go back for more? And what is it? What is this project that you're going to be doing as we look towards um, some of the progress you're working towards? Yep. Well, yeah, yeah. The um, one of the big things was just being a continual learner, being um, you know sitting and um, reading, understanding current trends along with um, biblical values and and instruction for the way God wants His church to be run and how we can do that well. Um, it, that's, that's a part of the inspiration. And so as I started in on um, the Doctor of Ministry program, that was a lot of it, you know, developing my leadership and um, looking toward the next decade or a little bit more um, at Conifer Community Church and, and what can I help in, in expanding who we are as a church mm-hmm. um, from from that standpoint. And so, you know, a lot of that was just the personal growth thing. Um, as a part of the um, Doctor of Ministry program, it is a practical doctorate, and so a piece of it has to be a project that I do um, with some segment of our congregation. And so I think staff and leadership are going to be where we center that um, project this time. And the topic that looks like it is unfolding, it, it has kind of reshaped and morphed over the course of time, but where it is right now is looking at Conifer Community Church, where a collection of people from so many different backgrounds. So we've got Lutherans, Presbyterians, Methodists, Baptists, you know, all different um, Christian also, backgrounds. We've had some practicing Catholics also be a part of our community. Practicing Catholics, uh, yeah, uh, all, all across the board. And, and so what we want to be is kind of that interdenominational type church to where we can, we can um, emphasize the unity that we're called to in Scripture through either John 17, Jesus' prayer before the cross, or um, what Paul talks about in, in the book of Ephesians, that we are um, God's church and that, that we should be unified. And what does that unity look like? Um, so as, as a piece of that, the way that we appro- approach Scripture many times from all of those different backgrounds is slightly different. 
Yeah. Like, like everybody, each one of those denominations is going to take a certain um, interpretive view of the Bible. Mm. And so how we read and apply the Bible is going to be shaped by those backgrounds that we bring to the table. And so, But Lance, I read the Bible just as it is, with no glasses or no emphasis or anything like that. Of course you do, Wes. Of course. <laughs> and and um <laughs> I mean that you we joke about that, but but you know, people people feel that way a lot of times whenever they approach scripture that that oh, I'm just going to try to get that specific pure word from God and and that enlightenment so that what I believe should be everything that the church believes. Um, but we don't recognize those those different um, backgrounds and different ways that we were taught mm-hmm. to read the Bible and apply it to our lives. And so the project and the thesis is going to be around sorting that out. So yeah. for leaders and staff, um, looking at how we read and interpret the Bible, how we apply it to our lives, um, what we learn from our upbringing and from our background in church. So there are, you know, some specific ways of reading and understanding the Bible. And having eight to 12 different viewpoints all at once can create tension whenever you come to um, controversial issues. Yeah. And so unless we have a framework that says we're going to try to build... Um, interpretive unity together, and understanding where our um, belief system has come from as far as how we read and, and, and apply the Bible. Um, unless we have that together, it's going to be hard to um, remain unified. Yeah, because so. I think it's also that hard space where because of those aspects, like we, or I have made the joke, and the joke running joke in seminary was, that October 31st was not, is not the hot, it's not Halloween. It's actually Reformation Day mm-hmm. because that was the moment when Martin Luther nailed his 99 thesis to the doors of the Catholic Church and then fled the country. I think he was in Germany and then fled to Switzerland. But he did not just create, you know, a few denominations, he created millions and billions of people being able to interpret the Bible for themselves. And so I think that's what we're, is that fair to say that's what we're leaning in on is all of us yeah. coming together on that? Sure. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a direct result of, of what um, Martin Luther had started back, um, back in that time. And so, you know, with, with everyone reading from kind of a different background and also um, just individualism, rugged individualism that we have in America, I mean, that says, I can I read it and it's going to be authoritative because of the way that I see things. Um, there's you know those are a couple of different things that that weigh into this, but then every denomination has has their own approach to um, different sections of scripture that that may be controversial um, or they become controversial whenever you have um, some opposing views. Yeah, on especially. When we look at either the different things as we've walked through First uh, Corinthians lately in our Sunday services, but also like when we were doing the elder women women in eldership, uh, we went through a whole class where we broke down all of those different perspectives and tried to lay them out for people that were interested. Yep. And so I think it's it's 
I, first of all, I want to applaud you, Lance, because that is not an easy topic because, you know, a lot of these things, like not even the two I just mentioned, but some of these topics have split churches. They have. Yep. yep. And, and we had we had people leave on that that felt strongly about we have to have women as elders or we cannot have women as elders at all. Yeah. Um, we had people on both sides, and and I think the message of the New Testament from uh, what Jesus says to what Paul says and, and what Jesus prayed for was that he wanted his church to be um, to be one. And so um, having that those points of, of division um, because we particularly feel like our view is the correct biblical view, but the um, Bible says so, Lance. Right. Yeah. It. I mean, it, if it was that easy, then it would it would all come together in in a in a much more convenient way. Yeah. Um, but we've we've got to work and struggle with Scripture and um, understand what it was meant to say then, and in, in order to understand what it says to us now and how we understand God's character. Yeah, because it's just, it's just so hard. Like, there is no other way to say it than hard and challenging and uncomfortable. But I think what it does is it enlightens us to what the early church probably struggled through as they were all different types of people, slave, uh, masters, Jews, Gentiles, all trying to figure out what Jesus just talked about. And guess what? We're still dealing with it 2,000 years later. Sure. In the year of our Lord, 2021, we're still here yeah. working towards it. Yeah, I mean, and and looking back, in retrospect, we can, we can look at some of the most difficult issues that they dealt with in their time, and they are nowhere on our radar today, thinking of, like, circumcision and uncircumcision. Mm. Like, that's mm-hmm. that was... That was a determining factor whether you were a part of God's covenant people yes. or not. And and us looking back, it it it's a non issue for us because it's not something that we use to delineate God's people at all. Um, but back then it was it was something that was dividing the church. And yeah. people were saying, it's gotta be this way. It's all or it's gotta be that way. And and uh so you know that unity principle that came out through the book of Acts and through Jesus and and the apostle Paul mm. that's it's so important for us to be able to recognize that and and work towards unity rather than just simply quote unquote being right or yeah. um you know making sure that we have um exactly the right doctrine mm-hmm. um i mean those the the doctrines are are important and essential for us to be in agreement on um but it's also important for us to recognize where we can have an open hand and say you know what there's some there's some flexibility and freedom here some concessions that we can make yeah. in light of the gospel yeah and i think that's such a beautiful representation of what we were just talking about with the reality that we have such a diverse background of theology represented in our church mm-hmm. and where all that can bring with intention or just the ability to see people. Cause uh, I, I was just contemplating that idea of like some of these things, like you just said, we have to be right. Seems just that like knockdown drag out position where it's like Jesus 
openly shows that it's okay to disagree and but still be the church and still love each other. Yep. The fundamental core essentials of the faith is a is a pretty small list. Yeah. And it centers around the Trinity. It mm-hmm. centers around God as our creator, mm-hmm. Jesus as our mediator, and the Spirit as our counselor and guide. Yes. And and with you know, outside of our understanding of our relationship with God and our faith in Him, there's a lot of freedom for the way that we practice um, our faith and the way that we organize the church um, yeah. in order to proclaim the gospel. Is it also weird that even as you're saying that right now, it's making me feel a little uncomfortable because we have to sit in the gray. Like we have to sit in that tension of we love the Bible and we love people and we're not going to waver from those two things. Yep. Ah, That's so fun. And it's so exciting that we, as a leadership team and as your church leaderships, we're going to wrestle with that. It's just so cool that we get to think that way and have the freedom with an elder board that's willing to entertain this and a staff that's willing to say, yeah, we can disagree on some stuff. We've, me and you have even had disagreements on some theological things and luckily I didn't get fired. And so we're still here. (laughs) Rocky top, everybody. Um, But yeah, so I think to kind of, kind of bring us in Lance a little bit on the doctorate piece, if you could go back and talk to your, you know, four years ago self and say, Hey, you need to think about this as you're going through your doctorate work and as you're working here in the church, the community of Conifer. What would that be? If you could give yourself a piece of advice. Um, just looking back over the last four years. Or even if you want to go back to when you started, because you've been on staff here at Conifer 11, for 11, 11 years. years now. Yeah. Um, wow. Um, advice that I would give myself 11 years ago. Um, As I you're think coming into Colorado, buy a snowblower. Yeah, buy a snowblower. Yeah, get get, a, get, a, get an ATV. I don't know. It's 2008. <laughs> it's a actually it's 2010. 2010 was when we moved here. Yeah, yeah. You know, frosted tips are just now leaving us, and I'm graduating high school. What are you telling? Uh, <laughs> what are you telling us? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I mean, you know, just, it it comes back to this stuff that I'm working on with, with the thesis is just, um, finding ways to be unified as God's Mm -hmm. church. And, um, what are ways that we can impact our community? Um, and, and, and show that we are unified, even though we disagree on important matters, uh, we are unified under our faith in Christ that, um, you know, that is the, the main thing for us um, as we try to grow as disciples. Yeah. And uh, that was, that is, you know, this that I'm working on for the thesis, you know, I would go back and I would say that to myself 10 years ago or 11 years ago, but then also that was a piece, that was a strong piece that God used to call me into ministry to start with. 25, 26 years ago. Yeah. Um, that's been kind of the driving heart of, of what I feel like God has wanted um, me to work on with His church or, or lead toward in this church um, is, is that spirit of, of unity. And this, and Conifer Community Church has provided a, um, a great place to, to see that worked out. Mm. Um, you know, it hasn't been all victories. It's been struggles and, and difficulties at times. But um, all in all, through all the leadership with um, staff and elders, um, we've we've done 
I feel like pretty well in trying to continually come back to that idea of being unified in Christ. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's so interesting and fun and exciting, but also can bring a lot of questions and not pain, but tough conversations that we get to sit in and we get to have as we are doing this. Yep. That's really insightful. And so as we think about like, as you're gone and as you're being, you know, as you're moving around, um, who are people supposed to send their angry emails to? I think we should, they still should send, send that to you. Wes. I think you could still think email all, Lance and you know, <laughs> all angry emails go Wes at conoforcc.org. Awesome. I think that's a great place to. Yeah. And if you have a complaint go. about the podcast, once again, Wes at conoforcc.org. <laughs> uh, love to hear from you guys. Well, uh, we've been going at this about 32 minutes, Lance. Is there anything yeah. that I'm missing or any other piece that you would like to speak on or chat about as we think about what sabbatical means for you and what we're going to be doing? Um, I just want to express a little bit of gratitude, gratitude toward um, the elders for allowing this to happen. The the congregation, you know, through we let everybody know a little uh, about a month ago that I was going to be doing this. And everybody's been um, communicated great support. And um, and so, you know, I'm very grateful for the way that people have have processed this and staff really stepping up to um, carry us through in, in these coming months. And um, yeah, it all looks good. I'm very optimistic about what um, both what I can accomplish um, during the sabbatical and what the church is going to look like in three months whenever I get back. Yeah. And so, oh, sorry, a little technical difficulty there. I muted myself for a second, forgot to unmute. And I think what that also, you know, gives us some encouragement with is, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to physically be here, right? Like it's not just a break from preaching. Right. It's yeah. a true like, hey, you're getting to take a break. Yep. That's awesome. I'll be in town doing a couple of weddings along the way, but uh, for the most part, I will um, not be present here at my normal spot at church. Yeah. Well, we will welcome you with open arms. We'd love to have you back on this podcast so we can talk some more about what you learned, how the project's going, and some updates on... I'm sure we'll have a lot of reflections in three months. I'm so excited for (laughs) reflection time. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Again, if you have any questions, thoughts, or opinions about the show, email us at Wes at Conifer Community Church or Conifer cc.org love to hear from you guys love to get you on here if you'd like to be a part of this podcast all right bye everybody